0: In this episode, Jack and I discuss the importance of having a sell strategy. We talk about the implementation of rebalancing and portfolio reviews, quantitative selling techniques, and other best practices we hope investors can learn from. We hope you enjoy the podcast. I think we just got a riff. I think we just got a riff and let's see how it goes. All right. All right. So today we're going to talk about one of the things that I think a lot of investors struggle a lot with, and that's selling stocks in their portfolio or or what type of sell strategy or sell discipline they have. And um, there was an interesting study from earlier this year. It actually was originally uh, reported in a Bloomberg piece. But basically, what it said that is over, um, there was a study that was done that evaluated 4 million trades in um, between 2000 and 2016 and found that stock pickers actually possess skill on the buy side but they found that sales cost them as much as a full percent uh, percentage point of returns um, compared with a strategy that had a no skill, basically a random selling strategy. And the conclusion of it was, well, the study's conclusion was that investors spend a lot more time analyzing the buy than they do the sell. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that we, that systematic strategies do is they sort of embed this disciplined, sell strategy or sell discipline into the process. And so I think what we want to talk about today is what goes into that. And then we can talk about the advancements that we've made with the way that we rebalance portfolios, both on a set um, frequency and then with our new tax efficient strategy that we've basically developed over the past couple of years.
1: Yeah. And I think your initial point is a really good one because everyone has trouble with selling it's not just individuals it's professionals even people who manage quant portfolios like us everybody thinks about you know why am i going to buy these stocks but no one really thinks about how am i going to sell them and so selling is is a huge issue for everyone and and selling is also where biases can be the biggest problem because you, you have things like the endowment effect where you value something you own more than if you didn't own it so if i own apple computer i may look at it differently and analyze whether to sell it differently than if I was, you know, object objective and didn't own it at all. And you have things like, you know, you, you tend to hold on to your losers too much. So all the biases and problems we have all tend to come in with selling. So it can be sort of a perfect storm of problems. So it, it's really important to have a sell system. And it, it's, you know, there there is no perfect sell system, but it's really important to have one. And I think it's really important to set it up in advance before you get to the point where you're deciding whether or not to sell.
0: Yeah. I think the the first question is like why what would prompt you to sell sell a security? Like, let's just say you're picking an individual stock, forget quant for a second, you're picking an individual stock, like what would be the reason to sell the security? And what I would say there is, and this is basically just repeating what Buffett has said, you know, if the fundamental reason you bought the company has changed, then that is at least, you should be considering selling at that point. Now, a lot of investors don't even, they're kind of just picking stocks randomly. They're just, It's maybe they like the company, they, they like the product, So there's not like a hardcore valuation build up or work up or they're looking at the financials in detail. But, you know, even in the case of you, if you like a product, like if you are buying Apple because you love their products, but you see their products start to deteriorate or you see a change in the quality or something like that. I mean, maybe that's a reason that can be a basis for investors, you know, selling.
1: Yeah, you know, even in your example is sort of for a non-quant, and I think that's a good place to start. You know, even if I'm not a quant investor and I buy a stock because, you know, its P-E ratio is low and I expect it to have consistent earnings growth and I expect it to take market share, well, that's probably a good starting point for what would make me sell. I have those three reasons I bought it. Well, now over time, I can monitor those three reasons and I can say, what's changed with them? Mm -hmm. And if something changes substantially enough with those, that might be a reason to look at selling it. So, And that's what I was getting at before is I think it's really important to set that stuff up in advance and to say, you know, here's where why I bought it. Here's why I might consider selling it because you can do that when you're not feeling all the, you know, the biases are not affecting you that are going to affect you when the market's moving up and down. And if you set that in advance, you know and record that that can probably be a, a really big help even if you're not a quant investor like we are
0: yeah so it's like a simple checklist you know i bought this stock because of these reasons and revisiting that from time to time particularly at you know the beginning of the year here i mean i think that's a good time for investors to be reviewing their portfolios not only their asset allocation but also the stocks they hold and just seeing has anything changed are these companies still worth holding
1: no i was gonna say meb faber has a really good thing he says about this <laughs> which is he he sort of talks about if, if you were building your portfolio from scratch today, what would it be? And, and that's a good way to look at selling, I think, to some degree, because if what you're sitting on right now, what you're holding is completely different than what it would be if you, if you were to start anew today, well, then you probably have some selling to do. You know, obviously, taxes and things have to be considered, but you probably have some selling to do to get your portfolio to where you want it to be.
0: Sort of transitioning over to the, the quantitative way of rebalancing One of the um, advantages when you're actually running a quant model is when you sell a stock, there's always a new stock that you're redeploying that capital into. So that's an important thing to just think about. You know, if you're an individual investor and you're buying and selling not based on any type of strategy, when you sell, you may then hold cash and you may not have the next stock lined up to invest in. And so that cash can act as a long- term drag on returns because over time the market goes up more than it goes down, assuming you're picking decent companies. Um, whereas a quant system, you know one of the advantages of it is you know when we're selling these positions and rebalancing, um, you know we have our next best opportunity basically lined up because the system and the model has identified that. So, that is an advantage. That's one of the things I think of with individual investors is that if they're holding these individual stocks and let's say they decide to sell a company, well, they may not have that next idea right in the hopper and lined up. So, a quant system overcomes that hurdle. I think that's
1: true. And and I think another great advantage of a quant system is is quants are very good about setting up in advance you know, when am I going to rebalance my portfolio? When am I going to take a look at the stocks I own and decide, do I want to continue to own them or do I want to own different stocks? You know, you, some, some people do it monthly, some people do it quarterly, some people do it annually, but I think that works even if you're not a quant. You know, you, you sort of want to have a time to say, periodically over these time periods, I'm going to take a look and I'm going to reevaluate my portfolio and I'm going to say, you know, do I, should I still own what I own? Um, And and that plays into what we talked about before, even for non-quants, because, you know, we talked about an example of I bought this company because it was cheap and its earnings growth was consistent or whatever it was. I don't want to sit there and evaluate that every single day because, you know, my emotions are going to get the best of me and it's going to turn into a mess. So it's good to in advance not only here are the reasons i'm going to sell but how often am i going to take a look at the portfolio and decide whether i want to sell you know that's probably not something you want to be checking on every single day you might want to use something from the world of quant and say i'm going to look at this monthly or i'm
0: going to look at this quarterly or i'm going to look at this annually or something like that and predefine that up front i think that's a great piece of advice yeah we don't want people in their accounts you know checking in each day and making changes i mean that's not going to be a good investment strategy it's setting up that rebalancing frequency in advance and you know and doing it in a reasonable, you know, like you said, maybe, maybe quarterly or even annually would be fine um, in a lot of cases. And that's a good sort of transition to I think what we've tried to do here with the models that we run and that we follow. So when we first started building and tracking these quantitative strategies in 03, we had three different rebalancing periods. We followed and tracked portfolios that were rebalanced monthly. We then followed portfolios that were rebalanced quarterly. And then we follow uh, tracked portfolios that were rebalanced annually. And, you know, I think we learned a lot from over the years in terms of the types of strategies that maybe work better with less frequent rebalancing, which would be more value type strategies. And, you know, stuff like momentum works better when rebalanced more frequently, like monthly. But I think… one of the challenges that we've also found is that when you do, let's say, let's say you're following a, a, a momentum strategy that's rebalanced monthly. I mean, you're gonna have tons of turnover in there. And so trying to balance this you know, process of rebalancing the portfolio with this high amount of turnover, I think is something that we've always known that that's kind of a problem. You gotta be careful with that. You can't have like 500% turnover in a portfolio. And so one of the advancements that we made that I wanna talk to you about today is, sort of our sell score and and this more tax efficient long-term rebalancing method that you developed and that we've integrated into all the portfolios so do you want to just kind of explain what went into that and how that manifests itself with the strategies that we run sure uh, but
1: to take a step back your first point is really important which is that all the major factors have to be treated a little bit differently when it comes to rebalancing. You know, one stands above and beyond all of them in terms of the n- amount of turnover it needs to work effectively, and that's momentum. You know, the whole point of momentum is you're buying stocks that are, that are doing well, that are going up. When that momentum breaks, you know, you need to get those stocks out of your portfolio. And so momentum just on a baseline requires much more turnover than the rest. And so of the strategies we follow, you know, we follow value, we follow quality, we follow low volatility, we follow momentum. Momentum is above and beyond everything else. And then the other things, you know, something like value can actually be rebalanced pretty infrequently. And what we found is with some of our value strategies, they actually do better if you only change them once a year versus changing them once a month, which may be a little bit counterintuitive, but value needs time to show itself. And so with value stocks, you can hold them for a period of time and do well and not have to worry about, you know, every every month going in there and trying to get something that's just a little bit cheaper than what you already have, that can be counter, you know, that can be counterproductive at times. Mm-hmm. So so the first thing is the baseline of what what rebalancing is required for the type of strategy I'm running. And then in terms of our cell system, and there's many ways to do it, and you know ours is definitely not, you know, the be-all and end all of this, but what we wanted to do is we wanted to look at this the way a person would look at the sale decision. And so if I was a person and I was rebalancing my portfolio, I'd probably look at a few things for a particular stock. I'd probably say, why did I buy the stock in the first place, which we talked about before? I'd probably say, what are the alternatives to that stock and how do they rate, how do they look according to my criteria relative to what I own? And then I'd probably also say, what are the tax implications? And so our system is, is essentially a quantitative scoring system that goes through all three of those decisions. For a quant, the first decision is pretty easy. You know, we're scoring every single stock every day. So to say, you know, from my example before where I was buying the stock because it was cheap. And because it was it had consistent earnings, that's a little bit ambiguous. But with a for a quant like us, we actually have it. That translates into a score from one to a hundred for that stock. And so mm-hmm. I can actually quantitatively look and say, all those criteria I was looking at at the beginning, how closely does this stock meet those criteria now? Uh, and then that's the first part of our sell decision: is you know what did it score when we bought it? What does it score now? And then the second thing is, what are the alternatives? Because even if the score of this stock has fallen, it might be that the the market's gone up a lot and this is a value strategy and the score of everything has fallen. and so even though the score has fallen the alternatives may not be that much better so that might be a reason to keep holding it. Mm-hmm. and then the last reason which is you know we we do for tax purposes but also for tur- turnover limiting purposes is we want to look at do i have a gain or a loss in this stock? how big is that gain or loss and how long have i held it? because at least in the US, the, tre- the difference between long-term ca- capital gains and short-term capital gains, especially for people with high incomes, can be a lot. It can be the difference in you know, something like 35, 40% in 2015, 20%. And so it's very important for us, if I was a person and I held a stock for, say, 11 months and it's up 75%, I'm not gonna sell that stock rather than wait another month unless there's some really, really strong reason to do it. Whereas if I have a stock that's only up 1% you know, or 2% and I've held it for six months, or if I have a stock that's at a loss, I might be more, more willing to sell that. And so our system just takes all that into consideration and comes up with a sell score that looks at what is, how does the stock rate according to the strategy that selected it compared to how it did at the beginning, and then also what would be the tax implications. So we're, we're much more likely to sell losing positions, and we're much more likely to sell positions that are gainers that have been held more than a year.
0: Right. And and in terms of like what going from a portfolio that said maybe that has a couple hundred percent turnover. I mean, what can the turnover, how much performance is sacrificed given the lower level of turnover and how much can you get the turnover down, roughly speaking here? So as a starting
1: point, if you run our quantitative strategies and our quantitative strategies typically look for the best 10 or 20 stocks out of a universe of, say, 3000. If you run those strategies just normally with where you just every month you go in and you get rid of the stocks that are no longer in the top 10 or 20 and you replace them with the new stocks, that's going to have something like 500% turnover, which, as you talked about before, is probably untenable in terms of managing, you know, a portfolio or at least a portfolio at scale. So what what the system does is it gets that down by, by scoring all these stocks and targeting a particular level of turnover. The system gets it down to maybe 100 or 125%. So it reduces that, you know, a lot of the turnover out of a portfolio. And what we found is it's different for every strategy, but what we found is, and particularly with strategies that are not momentum, you know, your value type strategies, right. we can get similar performance that way without having to have all that turnover. And that goes back to what we talked about before, which is value works well can work better when you hold stocks for a longer period of time and so although this is rebalancing once a month it's not rebalancing annually it's accomplishing the same type of thing we're, we're extending our holding periods we're holding the stocks longer to allow the value to be realized mm-hmm. and so we found at least in in this case we can reduce the turnover and not have too much of an impact a negative impact on the performance okay
0: that's good that's good Yeah. So I think, you know, I think what we wanted to really get across is that we understand that selling can be difficult um, and there's a lot of different ways that you can look at trying to prune stocks from your portfolio. Um, I think the important thing for non-quants is like you said, developing a checklist and then maybe setting up a, a set time period. Maybe it's once every year, once twice a year where you're reviewing your holdings and you're asking yourself, has anything changed? I think for a quantitative strategy, Like you've talked about, you know, there's different ways you can go about managing the process and deciding how to sell stocks. I mean, we have our way of doing it. Like you said, it's not the end all be all. It's it's not the best out there. It's just what we've developed with our system. Um, And, you know, I think those are important points to think about when you're thinking about how to implement and develop a disciplined um, stock selling strategy. So. Yeah, I think
1: I think your point is a good one, which is I think the, it's, it's not necessarily the exact details of the system. You know, we do it one way. Another firm may do it a different way. It's that you have a system that you set up that system in advance and that I think you automate as much of it as you can. Because whenever you can automate something, you're taking decision-making away from yourself and you know that's where you're limiting your own emotions and your biases and things like that. So I think anybody, whether they're a quant investor or
0: not, can benefit from, from those simple rules. For sure. Great. Well, that's a great way to, uh, I think, end this discussion. So thank you for watching and hopefully you found this valuable. Thank you. Hi, guys. This is Justin again. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Excess Returns. You can follow Jack on Twitter at at PracticalQuant and follow me on Twitter at at JJCarbineau. If you found this discussion interesting and valuable, please subscribe in either iTunes or on YouTube or leave a review or a comment. We appreciate it.